Hello and welcome back to the Silver Screen and Roll Podcast Network. This is I Love Basketball. I'm your host, Sabrina Merchant, joined as always by Raj Chabalu. Raj, the last time you and I spoke, covered a lot of ground, but mm-hmm. the one thing we left on was that you said by the next time we recorded, Golden State would have won games four and five, and they'd be heading to Boston up 3-2. Lo and behold, the Warriors are up 3-2. Raj, how are you feeling? Did you make any money today? <laughs> No, I stopped. Um, I stopped doing that. I don't, I don't bet on uh, bet on the games uh, anymore. But yeah, I thought they would win these two. I still think this goes seven, though, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Boston can't shoot any worse from two point range, I think, than they've done the last three games. Jason Tatum, I don't believe can be locked up by Andrew Wiggins for like seven straight games, at least. So I think he has to get it going. I think this goes seven. But wow, you lose. I mean, they lose a game where Steph goes over nine from three. I mean, that's that's really tough. I don't know how to recover, but yeah, I thought they would at least win these, these two games. What, what's interesting. Um, in addition to, you know, making predictions for this, you know, two game set, uh, we had talked extensively about how the Celtics were guarding Curry, how they were yeah. letting him get his and shutting down the rest of the Warriors offense in the process and not necessarily letting him get his, like, it's not like they were not trying to defend Curry, but they weren't sure. all out blitzing him in the way that you would for a guy who can put up 43 and put on the show that he did in game four in Boston, but I don't think that they did anything. Okay. Let me ask you that. It, it didn't seem like they changed their strategy all that much on Steph, but like, it did seem like they were going a little bit harder at him. Like they were overreacting to what happened in game four. And I don't want to say it was to their detriment because you let the Warriors score 104 points. I still think overall you're satisfied with that defensive effort, but I was surprised at just immediately at least in the first quarter how much they seem to be thinking about Steph like at all times did you notice anything like that stood out to you defensively in that way yeah I thought they were definitely just a touch more aggressive which matters I think in this type of game Mm -hmm. Jalen Brown and Tatum and all them they were still face guarding Steph basically they were just not letting him score and I think that got to Steph a little bit he rushed a few he took a few I think like 40 footers from like transition I think it's like second or third three it was from way outside I thought they were a little bit more aggressive mm-hmm. and when you do that you pay the price that Golden State's able to able to pay they were able to give it to Draymond Green on a four on three I thought Draymond was way more aggressive in this game early on he was uh, attacking the rim he had like a he had like a handoff fake drive dunk um he was talking to like the to the Celtics bench and all that stuff but yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then uh, it opened up, I think, who was the star of the game, Andrew Wiggins. Like, you let mm-hmm. him attack in single coverage off of doubling Steph, and that this is what you get. He put up 23 shots tonight, um, 12 for 23, 26 points. Uh, but, yeah, that's what I thought. I thought they were a little bit more aggressive. Mm-hmm. And when you're just a, a hair more aggressive, that opens up the um, – I think Reggie Miller, who calls it, like, the pinball machine or Zach Lowe. Yeah, pinball Zach machine. Zach calls it the like pinball that, machine yeah. where they're able to move the ball around. GP2 hit a three. He was a great cutter. Looney had three fouls early or four fouls early. I thought that kind of changed the pace of the game mm-hmm. and they were able to play a lot faster, but yeah, they changed it up. And I think going back to like, I didn't think the Celtics defense was their issue though. Like, no, I just thought I, it was different than the, no, it, it the was. Pre- pre- preceding games. Right. Um, not necessarily in a bad way, you know, because mm-hmm. I still think, like you said, I don't think it was the issue. 104 points is fine. Like mm-hmm. obviously you'd, you'd hope to be able to hold the Warriors to less on a night where Steph goes zero of nine from three. But again, you should be able to win a game when you hold the Warriors to 104. And yet I watched this game and I am not convinced that it is coming back to San Francisco because the Boston Celtics are like unserious. I mean, what are they doing on offense? I can't believe this is the team that is representing the Eastern Conference because 
so many of the things they do are just inexplicable to me. I mean, I know that this is a, like an internet joke almost at this point, but I worry a lot about Jalen Brown's handle. (laughs) Every time he goes into the lane, I am just holding my breath as to what's going to happen when he tries to pass out or like if some meaningful ball pressure comes on him. Um, They, every time, let me back up for a second. Uh, There's, there's this narrative that the Celtics are like battle tested, right? That they got through seven games against the bucks. They got through seven games against the heat. They've been to the conference finals, what four times or three times with this particular core. They've been to so many playoff games. They know what it takes. On the other hand, I, I just see them getting punked over and over again. Like why were they going to seven against a Milwaukee team that didn't have Chris Middleton and was running some supremely whack Mike Budenholzer stuff. Why were they going to seven against the Miami heat when the only person who could score on that team was Jimmy Butler. Like I don't see a team that is, I don't know, beaten adversity to get here. I see a team that just sort of landed on its ass in this moment. And the Warriors are showing them like, Hey, when a team is actually disciplined and has some talent, it's, I don't know, like the Warriors are getting better and better to me as the series goes along. Like I understand that Steph didn't look great in this game, but him being on the court still opens up so much for everybody else, you know? And the the Celtics are just like flatlining to me. I personally, I don't see this going longer than six. Well, like what's been the conversation around Boston the last few years, right? They've needed a point guard. That's been their whole Mm -hmm. thing. Do they need a guard to control the offense, control the tempo, decide where shots come from? And, you know, you made Udoka just put Marcus Smart in there. And Smart is a great player, but he's up and down, especially as a playmaker. And now you have Jason Tatum, who's, you know, I think this is his first like year as just the full primary shot creator for that team. And it's a struggle. It's up and down. It's why they win, lose, win, lose, win, lose in the playoffs. There, it's There's no this consistency. This is their first lose, lose. <laughs> first lose, lose, yeah. And again, on the road, that Warriors crowd was just insane. I mean, that must have been really tough to play through. But yeah, you just have him trying to attack and you see him in his head. Just like, okay, did I drive too far in this one? And he'll like kick out their passes though, Sabrina. Like they're trying to, you know, throw post entries from half court, trying to pick on Steph Curry. Yeah, it's just the decision-making is so bad. But then again, it's like, that's Marcus Smart's game though, right? His game is like electric. It's like, oh no, 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 no. Yes, like that's his, that's the epitome of his game. He threw this one like over the shoulder pass to Rob Williams in the post that was stunning. But like, that can't be a steady diet. (laughs) of offense or the Celtics yeah it's like smart isolations right like he has mm-hmm. Steph Curry on him and I don't know if they're telling him this or this is just Marcus Smart he's like oh this is my ma- like mismatch like I'm supposed to attack Steph Curry and it happened a few times he had like a no look to Rob Williams as well tonight but also like there's a bunch where he drives and just you know takes tough mid-range pull-ups he also I thought has Draylen- no faith in his three-point jumper right now he passed up so many good looks that I thought were the right shot in the offense and he like either pump faked out of them or just passed out of them and I I didn't quite understand that. Like we think of Marcus Smart as the gun shy guy, right? I wonder if something's bothering him with the shoulder, Um, but they were, it's weird to say like in a game where Marcus Smart still took um, how many, how many shots did he end up getting? Like he still took 15 shots. Like I didn't, I didn't think he took the right shots though. Sure. And that's kind of Marcus Smart's game though. Like how many, like his, his game was predicated. I didn't think he took like the Marcus Smart shots, if that makes sense. (laughs) Right. Like Tatum's going to get a lot of the heat, but I thought Jalen Brown was just terrible in this one. I like everything was a mid range pull up. You know, I think Clay has kind of found his defensive rhythm too, which is mm-hmm. a little scary. Again, we talked about this last week, Sabrina, but I can't imagine rooting for the Lakers against the Warriors series. Like these clay jumpers are just almost unfair. It's like they guard it perfectly. You chase over the screen. Al Horford comes up 
and Clay just knocks it, knocks it down anyway. And he hit mm-hmm. like three or four when the Celtics, I think, went up by like five. Um, and then Clay came down, just hit a three off a of curl. That's just so tough to guard. But yeah, Brown and Tatum, they just have to be better. I, I don't know. They, they're turning the ball way, way, way too much. They're shooting like 30 or 40 percent from two point range. Like it's just they had like 14 uh, made field goals from two, I think, or something like that. Going. I saw a stat before this game that Jason Tatum's shooting percentage for the series was lower than Steph Curry's scoring average for the series. It was like 35 and 34 or something. But that is obviously no longer the case because Tatum was 10 for 20 today. Uh, I mean, I really Mm -hmm. thought his problem was just they couldn't make a damn free throw. Like I. I'm watching the Celtics and it looks like they don't have any legs and that's with two days off. Like you guys are the younger team. You're the one that's supposed to have more energy and more like burst going into this and to be just leaving points over and over again at the foul line. Like it's, it's kind of what I mean, what I mean by like the unserious part of it, like they make that third quarter run. They look like they're going to head into the fourth with a lead. And then they just blow coverages on a couple three pointers right at the end of the period. And like the end of the first quarter, right. Or, I don't remember if he's the end of the first quarter, the end of the half, but Rob Williams gets that stop on Curry, right? And there's 0.5 seconds left. And then he just fouls Andrew Wiggins with 0.5 seconds left. And they get called for a technical, like admittedly Golden State misses two of those three free throws, but like just these little situational things. I mean, I don't look at a team in, in the Boston Celtics. I don't see a team that is like deserving, honestly, of winning an NBA championship the way that they just, throw the ball around and like, don't seem to run any offense. And yeah, they, they play some great defense. Great. You know, like that's the one thing they can hold their hat on. It's not enough against this Warriors team. And it's so weird to think that because like just the tonal shift in this series from like game one and game three, when it was like, Oh my God, the Celtics are so much bigger and more athletic and they're just going to wear the Warriors down. The mental edge that the Warriors are occupied, like that they're operating with, I think is so much more important than whatever sort of physical advantage the Celtics may have. Yeah, honestly, I thought, though, this game changed on the Jordan Poole half, like, half court third. heave. Yeah, I couldn't believe that went in. Mm-hmm. I was, Wiggins just lobbed it over to him, and he hit that half court heave. They were down, I think, two going into that, and that must have been just so demoralizing. Mm-hmm. And then that just gave Jordan Poole a boost, right? He started the fourth. I think he hit, like, a mid-range pull-up. He had like a three-pointer. You cannot lose the non-Curry minutes if you're Boston. Like, what are you doing? How are you not just attacking Jordan Poole every single time down the court? Uh, so silly. They they were doing that, and I think that kind of falls. They did it during the in... second, I think. But yeah, I didn't but really did... see it in the fourth. Yeah, and they did it with Bielicha as well. They tried to attack him like mm-hmm. through uh, um, in isolation as well. But I think that kind of falls into what the Warriors want. Boston really can get baited into isolation, heavy basketball, right? So they'll just do one-on-one. I think it brings the worst out of Brown, brings the worst out of Tatum. You just have these step-back mid-range passes jump shots. are so terrible, too. Like, so I don't bad. even think it's such a bad idea if they play ISO basketball. Or if they can get to the rim, right? There's no one yeah. over, what, 6'10 on the floor. Like, you have to get to the basket. Tatum is getting to the basket and kicking out at the rim to, like, Derek White, who's, like, pump-faking, passing, pulling up. Um, I think he'll play better at home too. That's why I think this still goes seven. I think Boston's role players will still hit shots. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't think Andrew Wiggins will be this good in Boston, but but I guess we'll see. Yeah. The role players just didn't hit any shots today, right? Like depending on who you classify as a role player, if Marcus smart is in that, like they had 10 threes during the competitive portion of the game, five of them came from Tatum. So they were what, like five out of 26, five out of 25 on the threes from the role players, nominally speaking, like, <sighs> That's just not going to cut it, right? 
Like, I understand that maybe we don't want Jason Tatum to pass out of the lane, but like sometimes those are the right decisions, right? Sometimes like the defense collapses to the point where you have to kick the ball out. And that's just the difference between game one and game five, where Derek White was unconscious in game one and Al Horford was unconscious in game one and Al Horford. Oh boy. We have to talk about Al Horford because that man is getting cooked left and right in this series. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't know why it like disturbs me to watch the Celtics play so poorly because I don't like, I'm not a Celtics fan, obviously, but like, I'm just offended as an enjoyer of basketball that like they're playing this stupidly on the national stage. Uh, I do think it's really great for my Western conference exceptionalism that like all of this season, people were talking about how so many good teams were in the East and like all of these contenders in the East and lo and behold, the third seed in the West is just methodically ripping them to shreds. And I couldn't be happier about it. I think it's more Boston. Like they shoot themselves in the foot, right? That, a that's lot, the most, right? That's I want to give the Warriors credit, but I think the Celtics <laughs> are just playing themselves out of it in certain ways. Most of, well, we, I think we have to talk about Andrew Wiggins. So I told you before we recorded last time we did the Westbrook Wiggins comparison. <laughs> I did not say that was going to happen. I'm getting a lot of people tweeting me that no, that was the- literally just said that it was a good model for Russell Westbrook to follow. Like this is what Andrew Wiggins did going from Minnesota to LA. This is what you can do. Right. And then the next two games after our conversation, he plays 43 minutes in both. Seven of 17, 16 rebounds in uh in the game five or game four that they tied the, the rebounds were incredible. So many putbacks, so many offensive rebounds, um, 17 points, 16 rebounds. And then tonight, 26 points, 13 rebounds. He doesn't even hit a three, 0 for six from three, but 12 for 23 from the field. Just an absolute monster. I don't think the Celtics have a chance if Wiggins outplays one of Brown and Tatum. Like mm-hmm. you, that, that can't happen. Like Wiggins can't. He can't be this good defensively. He can't lock down Jason Tatum and outplay them offensively. You don't you don't have a chance to to win in this series. And he's been incredible. I, I just I don't think he could play that good again in Boston. I think that would be that'd be tough. But uh, Wiggins was just incredible. It's unfair if he's this good. I mean, he's already done it once. So him playing this well in game six, like there's precedent for it at least. Sure. I mean, 12 of 17 on twos. Like they just cannot guard him around the rim. I mean, it kind of goes back to the Al Horford thing because Rob Williams played 31 minutes today. I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Rob Williams played 30 minutes. They were plus 11 in his 30 minutes and they were basically rolling one big lineups like yeah. after the starters. Right. So that means that the only Horford big lineups were getting crushed because uh, there's just, he's not providing room protection. Like he's not really causing any sort of deterrent in the pick and roll. I mean, he's not hitting his threes. He didn't hit his free throws either, right? Like this was, oh, this was only a one of two uh, free throw shooting game from Al Horford. That's not so bad. But like, remember when we thought that like Al Horford was like this perfect, you know, malleable big who could play up to the level on Steph, cause some difficulty there, and then also burn you offensively? Like, oh yeah, maybe the fact that we were so surprised that Al Horford hit seven threes in the first game is because Al Horford doesn't do this, right? Like he's not supposed to do this. and. The fact that he is the same age as LeBron James almost like kind of comes back and shows itself every once in a while. Um, I feel bad for him because I really love Al Horford, but this is, uh, yeah. this isn't, it's an awakening, you know, in terms of the, <laughs> the perception of Al Horford because yeah, maybe he's just not that guy. And like, like what you were saying about Wiggins, you know, him being better than one of Tatum or Brown, like 
if we acknowledge that Steph is by far the best player in the series, right? And I think that's, sure. you know, not debatable. Player. Mm-hmm. Does Boston need to have like the next two best players? Do they need to have like three of the next four? Yeah, I mean, Tatum has to, I mean, obviously he's not going to outplay Steph. No, he can't. But but he can't be the third best player in the series, like, yeah. or the fourth. I that thought even Draymond happen. was really good today. Draymond was was great. He was yelling. The podcast is gonna be incredible. Whatever, <laughs> whenever it whenever it comes out. Um, how I many mean, technical points is this guy writing? Because he's yelling at the referees every time I look. He gets away with a lot. I mean, bloody it was, murder! I can't believe he made the deferential treatment comment, and the refs are just like, "Yeah, we're gonna ride with that. <laughs> we're just gonna keep giving him deferential treatment." He followed Tatum, and I think it was smart into like oh the middle God. of their huddle. And the refs were just like, yeah, go back to your, you know, yeah, that's cool. That's cool. <laughs> While he's complaining to them about not getting the ball from Tatum, like it's just, just absurd. But without Horford though, I mean, he must be tired. I mean, that must be exhausting to like, even if you're in a somewhat drop, it's not like you can be all the way back. So you mm-hmm. have to be in a stance, moving your feet, run around on Steph and then go and help on clay and then go back to the rim. It must be exhausting for him. You're right. The post-ups are all gone. Like there's no more post-ups. There's no attacking switches on him. There's no mismatches. They're more than comfortable throwing clay on him and just letting him try to shoot over that. Um, and Horford's not a guy that's just going to fire away. So I think he should have shot more three, three point attempts. It's just not mm-hmm. enough to me for Al Horford. You've got to open that up. The driving lanes are just all blocked. Um, and they're just, they're, they're okay with closing out on him and expect he's pump faking, driving, like hitting like in air passes. Like oh Horford, you're at, you're at the basket, you know, shoot the basketball. I would say like 60% of Boston's possessions today. I was just like, what was that? <laughs> 60%. And that's including someone they scored. Sure. Uh, sure. But goodness gracious. Like, it's I just a, don't a- know how to reconcile this team that knows what they're doing defensively and executes really well defensively and was just absolutely bottling teams up for the second half of the season. And then you combine that with, again, I don't know how to describe what is happening on offense. I just like they just fall down in the lane like the ball gets stripped I don't even know where it happened um kicking out passes to nobody in particular admittedly like the shooting is fickle you know sometimes they're going to go in sometimes they're not like I think the real Boston team lies somewhere between this game and game one but like it's it's ridiculous like I can't believe sometimes watching them that this is a finals team like this is the best that the Eastern Conference had to offer yeah, they're they're a real struggle. I miss Chris I, Middleton. Is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> I was thinking I would have loved to see Giannis versus this Warriors. Oh my in a god, series. that I would have been love to see that. That would have been a really interesting oh, matchup. Um, tremendous. The Warriors threw out a lineup today. So it was like, I I, I think GP two reminds me so much of Caruso. I know like everyone's they, done the Caruso thing. I mean, they were like, in South Bay together. They're buds. Caruso was always posting about him on IG. That's very true. Yeah. And I just watched GP2 play, but they threw a lineup, but there was like GP2, Draymond um, with Clay Thompson, with Andrew Wiggins. I was like, wow, that is a tough thing to score on. That is, that reminded me of like 2020 Lakers type, you know, defense, they're mm-hmm. able to move. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum can't attack anyone. And that's where it is to me. Tatum and Brown are overthinking. They're trying to move the ball. And then Marcus Smart, you know, feels like it's his turn to attack on offense and they're just <laughs> in their heads. So like it, I still think like I've been on, I think it's going to seven, but um, I think Curry had his one bad game of the playoffs. I mean, of the finals um, and you don't win the game that he does, that he doesn't play well. That's a, that's a tough thing to do, but 
I still think this goes goes seven, Serena. You don't think so? You think this, no? This I is think over? this is ending in six. Uh, wow. I took Warriors in six before the series started. I am probably still feel pretty good about that after you know the way some of these games have gone. Man, I was just looking at Twitter and like Carl Anthony Towns and Zach Levine just you know going ham over their boy Andrew Wiggins and like what a fun Minnesota team that could have been. <laughs> I have like a theory. I, that... I think about the baby Lakers a lot, you know, oh, and yeah. it's it's easier for me to be okay with them dispersing all over the league because we got Anthony Davis for like three sure. of my favorites, you know. Sure. And Anthony Davis got us a title, and like it's it's so much easier to accept that. But like the Wolves tried to do that, I guess, by getting Jimmy Butler. But I mean, this Wiggins D'Angelo Russell trade is just an all time just mammoth mistake <laughs> like I cannot believe that they gave up Wiggins for what Wiggins and the pick that became Kaminga for D'Angelo Russell who last we saw him in the postseason was not running out the clock and taking some stupid runner <laughs> that let Memphis back in <laughs> Elo's still a baby Laker. We still, we still love, we D'Lo love D'Angelo. I gotta tell you, D'Lo, I immediately erased him from consideration when Kyle Kuzma came in. Kyle Kuzma's my guy. That was so crazy. I thought that was an awful deal at the time. Uh, I, but- one of the very first things I actually wrote at Silver Screen and Roll was about that trade and how much I loved it. <laughs> I think I remember you telling me that. that you just love basketball, would. Raj. What can I tell you? <laughs> What's a tougher trade, the, the Westbrook one or the Wiggins, you know, Wiggins for D'Lo or the Westbrook for the three guys we kind of gave up? What do you, what's like a tougher deal? You what's think that- a tougher trade? Oof. Um, well, one of them created a championship team and the other one broke up a championship team. So equally bad. <laughs> That's tough. Yeah. No, no. My real question is, I don't think there's another organization that Wiggins does this on is there the Lakers have too much turnover like I don't think Chris Paul and no like, no no and Wiggins I, are... I don't want to give the Warriors all this credit okay Minnesota was a dumpster fire all right I okay. think just they were so far below replacement level that like you could put him on an average franchise like a Denver Nuggets <laughs> and okay. he'd be crushing it okay but to this level though this Let high my boy level play off of Nicole Jokic he'd be doing just fine <laughs> I don't know. Like people are saying he he's obviously living off Steph's and Clay's gravity for sure. Mm-hmm. There's a bunch but of plays where it's just provides something that they don't. Yeah, but I'm like, there's a bunch of plays where it's just him versus Tatum one on one, and he's you know drive right, spin, fake, fake spin, pull up, fade away, swish, and he runs back down the floor like that's what he's supposed to do. I know. It's just, I'm watching this. I'm like, this is incredible. And of course, Steph and Clay get a bunch of credit. Draymond, you know, whatever. But like. This is just incredible watching him turn into this on this stage. Like, this is just, it's incredible to watch. So I don't, I'm not sure how, maybe on the Spurs, Denver, maybe, I, maybe off of Jokic, <laughs> but I, I don't know. I don't think you can get the defense that you do with Wiggins right now on, on that team. He's become, he's locking up Tatum and giving 25 on the other end. Like what? Okay. This, to be fair, insane. he's not locking up Tatum. Okay. Tatum at 27 today. <laughs> 10 rebounds, I mean, four assists. He shot 50% from the field. I'm not sure Andrew sure. Wiggins was locking up Tatum today. Okay? <laughs> for most of the series. For most of the series. He's locked. He's he's done an incredible job. He's done a good team. job on Tatum. I think he did a better job on Luca last series, which is, again, is a weird thing to say, considering the numbers Luca put up in the conference finals. <laughs> um, but just like, 
allowing the Warriors to defend Luca one and on without him scoring like 50 points, you know, is, is really all they needed him to do. For sure. Well, I mean, with the Tatum defense, I think Tatum's hitting shots that they want him taking, right? He was mm-hmm. five for nine from three. There were step back threes. Um, two of them were jab step mid-range pull-ups that I think the Warriors would live with. He's not hitting at the basket. He's not getting layups. He's barely, he's not getting to the line. Um, so I think Wiggins is just, I mean, I'm That's amazed, fair. amazed at watching, yeah. watching Andrew Wiggins. Uh, is there another yeah, Wiggins the baby out there wolves, that we can get man. on those? The baby wolves. <sighs> No, there aren't um, number one picks who are just there for the taking. Raj, I gotta tell you, Anthony Bennett might be available. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, Carl Anthony Towns, Ben, oh Ben Simmons, you know his his value is pretty low. Um, Markel Fultz, I'm sorry, there actually are a lot of number one picks available. DeAndre Ayton, I understand, is not going to be re-signed by the Suns. There's a few Andrew Wiggins out there. What a, what a terrible statement for me to have made. <laughs> Which one of those number one picks that I just mentioned <laughs> would you most like the Lakers to go after? <laughs> I think, well, from those three, I think Ben Simmons has like the most interesting case, right? Hasn't I mean, played in a year. Saying it. Just trade Russell Westbrook for Ben Simmons, reunite Russ and KD. Everybody wants to see it. Everybody. (laughs) (laughs) I think the average basketball fan would be delighted to see Russ and Katie again at this point in their career, considering everything that they have done to try to put themselves in the perfect situation to end up back on the same team, just pure basketball karma at its finest. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. It's such a long year. I forgot Harden started on that team. Like, it's just crazy that he's not. It's a real shame that he's no longer on that team. We could get Russ Westbrook and Harden back together. <laughs> I'm sorry. Get Russ band back. and Harden back together. Yeah. Get the band back together. Yeah. I think Simmons would be the most interesting. I don't think that deal happens, but I think he's the most interesting. You put Ben Simmons on this Warriors team. I mean, that was a legit, like hypothetical people were mm-hmm. talking about. Um, I think it was like Kuminga or whatever. That's obviously yeah, yeah. Know, dead now, but that would have been interesting. Simmons in transition with, with Steph, but yeah. Uh, ironically, the one thing that the Warriors, I think, are pretty terrible at is transition. They make some weird-ass decisions on the break. <laughs> <laughs> They're just so used to, like, checking up these threes in transition that sometimes when they go into the paint, they just sort of lose their mind and don't know what they're doing. <laughs> like, there was this two-on-one at the end of the game where Clay was running it, right? And he just leaves a pass that's like a little too late for Steph. And so then he can't shoot the three and all of a sudden ends up in a long two and a possession that started off as a one man advantage. And like, I don't know, but minor quibbles about the Warriors considering the performance that they're putting on. Like uh, considering they have like two lottery picks who just sit on the bench and don't even get three game. Three James Kuminga, Wiseman, my guy, he's still there. Kamingo Wiseman. Who's the, who's Most the other Moody. one? Oh, uh, he was a lottery Yep. Oh, Warriors yes. did okay. not make the playoffs last year, so they're making uh, some yes. yeah. uh, Okay. Yes. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Just embarrassment of riches over, over I know. there. Can you um, imagine having a lottery pick on the roster? <laughs> people are people are getting mad at me saying I'm THC sorry, and all series will be in the rotation. Within the last ten years is what I should say. <laughs> Would be nice. Would be nice to to have nice. one. Uh, yeah. to just just have from one the left. last decade. I'm not even asking for that much. You know. <laughs> Literally, I think our youngest lottery pick. Oh, no. We still have Stanley Johnson. He's from 2015. He's not our lottery pick, though. Not our lottery pick. But none of them are our lottery picks. (laughs) AD, LeBron, Dwight, none of them are ours. (laughs) 
that's fair. I just it'd be nice to have our own, you know, lottery pick to to have developed. Um, maybe maybe in the if next year goes bad, I mean, it's oh my god. <laughs> Can you believe that we're giving the number eight pick away? Like that's, it's insane to me. We, we traded away two first round picks in this, in the Dwight Howard trade. I'm sorry. In the Steve Nash trade, we traded away two first rounders and we traded away one in the Dwight Howard trade. And Mm -hmm. all of that draft capital was nothing compared to the number eight pick. (laughs) Somehow a team with LeBron James, Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook surrendered a worse pick then the Kobe, Lou Williams, Tariq Jordan Black, Hill? Roy Hibbert, Jordan Hill, Kendall Marshall, Chris Duhon, Earl Clark. Uh, I'm just naming all of the Lakers I can think of from 13 to 16. <laughs> I was I was remembering uh, when I was watching this game. Do you remember there was a game like Andrew Wiggins had like 50 on us? Do you remember that in L.A.? Do was you remember the game? Kobe, in Minnesota at the time? He was in Minnesota, yes. Kobe played in that game uh, I don't remember anyone else on the Lakers honestly that time but Andrew okay. Wiggins had a 50 I believe it was 50 or at least like 45 on us um, wow I don't remember the year but I remember watching that I was like wow this guy is insane it was like fadeaway jumpers it was uh he was like getting to the rim he was unguardable and then that was like his best game for a while honestly <laughs> but uh, so it says here that his career high um was 47 okay was that on us but that came in 2016 17 it was against us <laughs> so, okay yes not against kobe but against oh the it was why do i remember kobe playing in that game it's maybe it's hard to you know remember the exact details but no, this is this is the lineup that the lakers started in that game um, okay let me hear it timofe mozgov oh, julius randall luol Deng, okay. okay nick young and minnesota's own d'angelo russell <laughs> Oh man, I loved this second unit of B.I., Clarkson, Larry Nance, Lou Will, and Tariq Black. That was a fun group. <laughs> I remember Luke Walton being so devoted to that second unit that even when a starter was out, he would just take like the 11th yeah. to the 13th man and plug them into the starting lineup so that the reserves could stay the same. <laughs> Luke Walton had some weird ideas, I gotta tell you. Some weird ideas. But yeah, 47 on 14 of 21 shooting for Wiggins in that game. Yeah, I remember he was not missing. It was in Staples. 17 um, out of time. 22 from the free throw line. You know who started alongside Wiggins in the front court of that game? Oh, no. Nemanja Bielica. <laughs> Played 41 minutes. What? I do. Man, God, these were some bad basketball teams. Zach Levine's getting DNP CDs out in 2016, 17. What a small, what a a small world. There's just like (laughs) such few degrees of separation between all of these NBA players. Um, But yeah, you know, you and I have obviously expressed a lot of like, just not necessarily like unwillingness to root for the Warriors, but we're not exactly happy about it. Um, No, I'm happy to root for Andrew Wiggins. I, not necessarily that his NBA career has been like hard by any means. I mean, he was a number one pick. Uh, he got a max extension sure. as early as possible by telling Glenn Taylor that he would work harder. <laughs> Lo and behold, on that contract, Andrew Wiggins is working harder. Good for him. 
he's earned he's earned that contract this year honestly like he's earning that contract all-star yeah. starter andrew wiggins two-way defensive star two-way wigs it's a oh, thing two-way <laughs> two wigs two-way wing just he's earning that deal it gives me hope for you know other players out there that you know that are overpaid and we obviously have a large contract that we have to move this summer Sabrina Ooh, uh it gave me hope Russell that- Westbrook the way Minnesota loves D'Angelo Russell maybe not to that extent but I think you know there's some overpaid players where you put them in the right culture and obviously mm-hmm. our culture is just LeBron James but and yeah. Darvin Ham whatever he brings LeBron uh, James the- has been a culture before though you know just ask J.R. Smith and Tristan Thompson like he, he can do it Sure. Yeah. And then Darvin Ham is a culture of him you know, mm-hmm. himself as well. So, you know, there's, there's some man was shot there. in the face. <laughs> that not run through a wall for a coach. Like that. Exactly. Well, I mean, I'm not sure we want to see if Westbrook will run through that wall. We'll, we'll get to that point. But um, yeah, like I, I think there's overpaid players out there. You can kind of bring in and, and it won't get to this level. Maybe not a 27 point 10 rebound or what was it tonight? 20. 26 points, uh, 13 rebound finals game. Probably not to that level, but I think Rebounding there's plays out there that is astounding. Like Andrew Wiggins was not a good rebounder before. It no. was uh, upsetting. Like even this year, you wonder how many rebounds per game Andrew Wiggins averaged? Six? Four and a half. Four and a half. Okay. His career high in rebounds per game. 5.1. <laughs> this is How insane. How is he getting double digit four? It's in the NBA finals. I mean, he's playing 40, like 43 minutes True, now. But Andrew Wiggins has averaged about 35 minutes per game his entire career. <laughs> sure. Wasn't he like a 50% free throw shooter too for a lot of this season? And then like through the playoffs, he's now just hitting like 70, 80, I think percent, um, at least in the finals. Uh, this is a, this is an impressive transformation. Uh, I hate to give the Warriors credit for bringing it out of him. I like to believe that, you know, he's just 27 years old. And um, there was actually this fun stat back when Steph won his first title that like NBA stars often hit their their peaks like at 27 like they hit their first finals like michael Mm -hmm. won his first when he was 27 steph won his first when he was 27 kd when everyone thought he was going to win his first when they were up 3-1 on the warriors in 2016 that's when he was not about to follow this up with andrew wiggins you're not about to follow (laughs) you're not following those names up with andrew wiggins you went from michael jordan to steph to kd to andrew wiggins we're not picked a lot of warriors that's all it was (laughs) that was just the warriors like line of (laughs) line of players there (laughs) It's, it's it's unfair. Um, Andrew Wiggins has been great. Just just, just trying incredible. to enjoy watching basketball again, Raj. And uh, you know, this is what I've latched onto during this hellish landscape of the playoffs, where all of the teams who have made the Lakers' life a living hell in recent years have done well. Well, you know who's not loving basketball right now? Oh just, yeah. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I want to ask you though: Do you care? Do you care that um, Anthony Davis has not? touched a basketball in two months Serena do you care that he has not loved basketball I do care that he has not touched a basketball in two months (laughs) it's one thing if you're LeBron James and have shown the ability to come into every season in tip-top shape um and like you've you've proven that you know how to handle your off seasons like if LeBron James told me that he hadn't touched the ball in two and a half months I'd be like yeah sure that's that's what you do right like remember when he had that uh 
that interview on um, Spectrum the year that they won the title in mm-hmm. the bubble and like it was like December and he said he hadn't touched a ball yet like yeah remember how he came out December 22nd that year you looked great you looked incredible he looked incredible <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. um, Anthony Davis has not really earned that benefit of the doubt yet <laughs> um and considering how much he needs to work on his shooting like if you one thing if you told me the guy hasn't done like a lot of cardio or like, <laughs> he's just sort of resting his legs I I would like if he'd been just working on that shot a little bit but I don't know maybe he did touch a basketball a lot over the last offseason it didn't work but I don't think that was the case yeah I mean like to me well the only thing I don't want to hear about this right like don't tell me you haven't touched a <laughs> basketball in two months like do what you need to do to get ready for it's the also season the self-awareness right like to let everybody know that this is where you are is not a great look but see, I always think like Twitter is such a smaller place than like we feel it is like to me, to Anthony Davis, that's such a small world. Like, I don't think he I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, honestly, but I don't think he cares that like Twitter found out he said this, you know, it was on a small YouTube. Like, it's not I, just I, Twitter, though, then it like turns into Stephen A talking about it, <laughs> like, <laughs> dominating news cycles during the NBA finals, might I <laughs> Right. And I don't think he thought he was saying that to like a big publication. It was on some YouTube channel. Like, I don't think he thought, but here's the, here's my only like devil's advocate side. And like, I'm with you. I wish he was shooting, but Anthony Davis is going into year 11. He's a guy who's, you know, been on multiple, you know, first team all NBA, you know, he's been, he's got a lot of accolades that a star would get. Right. And I think if he thinks that he doesn't need to touch a basketball for two months to get ready, get his body, like, I mean, do what you need to do. Anthony I just Davis don't want to know. hasn't been good in like 15 months, though. That's the problem. I... Like, sure. Again, after the bubble, if he had said he hadn't touched a basketball in two months, which Fair. I don't think he did, actually. He earned the benefit of the doubt because of the 100 days he spent in Orlando playing incredible basketball. Yeah. What was Anthony Davis doing 100 days ago? Nothing. <laughs> Literally nothing. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously I think that's his just regular routine. I think there was a video of him talking about it as well. Right. He, he goes mm-hmm. into off seasons. He likes to get away from the game and, uh, and come back to it. You I'm know, just close saying to the fall. after the previous two seasons, maybe a different approach was warranted. Yeah, for sure. And like, the shooting percentages everyone brings up, he can't be this bad a shooter. He right? could, so, like, his, he could be. No, his form is too good. His coordination as a player is too good to be this poor of a shooter makes no sense he shot what 18 from three 18 from three that's that's ridiculous i thought it was low. 19 so that's actually better that's actually it's 18... worse than i thought it was i'm sorry <laughs> it was 18.6 the season before was 26 percent, so it dipped that was already terrible oh it dipped God. another eight percent that's not he like... can't even make free throws anymore this guy was like an 85 percent free throw shooter before he got to the lakers what happened but you would agree that's not like him going and spending like it's not a Ben Simmons situation where like, OK, Ben, Guy go to the to get gym as far away from Mike Penberthy as possible. <laughs> Lakers agreed with <laughs> I think yeah. Lakers agreed with you. But um, but yeah, like I don't think this is a go, you know, Anthony Davis, go to the gym and shoot 300 jumpers. This is some kind of like mechanic or is or mental or I don't know what it is. But if he needs to get away from it, fine. But I don't want to hear about it. Right. That's that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. Um, do you think it was on purpose then that LeBron <laughs> posted all of his workouts today <laughs> and said how committed he was to the grind 
and how much he was looking forward to year 20. <laughs> well, the word Supreme he used was lunatic, which lunatic. <laughs> I don't know. I don't think LeBron does stuff by accident. I think he's the most calculated mm-hmm. person on earth. I also think he would text AD if that was if this was like that situation. I don't think he would be passive aggressive with a guy like AD who's I not think as LeBron online. LeBron is hundred percent passive aggressive. Just well, think the about the who's way not he online. Kevin Love. Anthony Davis is not Kevin Love. We're not doing we're not doing that. No, he's he's not Kevin Love. No, he is closer to Kevin Love than Andrew Wiggins is to the players I mentioned before. Okay. Wow. No, I, I don't think I can get there. Uh-uh. Eddie Davis had a monstrous playoff in finals, right? No, I'm, uh, I'm not doing that. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe he was being passive aggressive. I just, I can't see it. I, a guy like AD who's not even online enough to me. I mean, AD's has, AD has tweeted what twice this year. I mean, and I don't know. I don't follow him on Twitter. <laughs> that proves my point there. I think he's, <laughs> I don't think I'm missing anything, I guess. <laughs> No, yeah, one of them was like a ruffles, I think, tweet, and the other one was a golf swing of some uh, of a Twitch streamer or something like that, I believe. Well, so, Lord like, knows when the NFL comes back in season, he will resurface. <laughs> you're saying not during the NBA season? No, no. You're saying <laughs> I'm saying when the Packers start playing, he will resurface on Twitter. Uh, well, hope AD just gets right for the season. That's that's maybe all, AD all can be our Andrew Wiggins next year. <laughs> wow, that is that is. Uh, <laughs> That is that is a, quite a statement to to put out there. I mean, I would I'd be delighted if AD was putting up twenty six and thirteen and locking up the other team's best wing in the playoffs. Like, what more do you want out of him? I mean, he was doing that and putting up like thirty and and twelve, and when he was right, exactly. Uh, what what's wrong with following the Andrew Wiggins path? No, I cannot go there. <laughs> I cannot say I cannot right. say Anthony Davis following Andrew Wiggins. No, just no rest, way. just rest. <laughs> yes, which is still a crazy statement, honestly. If you said that three years ago, that you'd sound crazy, right? Russell Westbrook. The best case of Russell Westbrook is Andrew Wiggins. That's a crazy statement. Even two years ago, I think um, that's the that's the honest truth of it. Now, yeah. Huh. Well, so you think. The Warriors are going to lose on Thursday and we're going to have a game mm-hmm. seven on Sunday. Yes. I think that the Warriors are going to win on Thursday and we'll have hopefully some actual Lakers news to talk about next week. Um, the next time you and I record, unfortunately, there's no way of uh, settling this in between game six and seven. So by the next time we record, the finals will be over in one way or another. Um, hopefully it's not banner 18 for the Celtics. And like I said, I just, what a ridiculous team. <laughs> I, I think that's like the most joy that I've gotten out of the finals is that like, even if the Celtics are this close to an NBA title, I'm just so unimpressed by what they put out on the court. <laughs> like, I, I don't see a, like a dynastic team emerging in the NBA. So if there's hope of the Lakers, like making one good move this off season, like there's, I know we talked about how like deep the West is and all of these mm-hmm. teams are going to be fighting to make the playoffs. I don't think any of them are great, you know? And yeah, like, I feel better about that. Having watched these finals, like it's been a really fun finals and Steph has been great. I don't think either of these teams have been great. And that's sort of how I feel heading into next season that like, I don't see a great team that's going to dominate over the rest of the league, but I don't know. Maybe if Andrew Wiggins continues on this trajectory. <laughs> Is Andrew Wiggins doing this to LeBron? If he's, if he's 
Is that a fun way to close this one out, Sarita? Just okay, put ourselves I, in there. Let's just we leave absolutely... that for the listeners to decide. Okay. If in if in the next time we record Andrew Wiggins is an NBA champion, we will discuss that further. How about that? Sounds good. Sounds good. Hopefully we're in that position. I'm I'm tired of being on the sidelines here. It's been three straight years we've been on the sidelines or two straight years. Two straight. We won a title. Not two, yes, yes. Yes. Not two, two calendar years ago. It's literally been like a year and a half since we won a title. <laughs> yes. Two seasons being on the sidelines. Think about so. how much basketball has passed since then. It's, it's ridiculous. Anyway, uh, this has been I Love Basketball. Nobody loves basketball more than me, Raj, and Andrew Wiggins, I guess. Uh, make sure you're subscribed to the Silver Screen Roll podcast. We're talking about the Lakers, the NBA, all sorts of stuff every day of the week. And we'll be back next week. Yeah, 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 yeah,